Welcome to Kidmin Talk, a very special episode where, yes, it's all about Star Wars. This is episode 80, coming to you from Kidology.org, and I am your intergalactic host, Carl Bastian. Today's podcast is sponsored by the International Intergalactic Network of Children's Ministries. Today we're going to be talking briefly, not only about Star Wars, but about some of the lessons that we can learn for our own children's ministry from the one, the only, the awesome, the amazing Star Wars. So, are you one of the 50 million or more by the time you listen to this, who have watched the trailer for the new movie. We're going to talk about that. But first, and briefly, I want to just encourage you to be a part of the Intergalactic Network of Children's Ministry. I mean, international. I mean, it might as well be intergalactic, because as far as we know, God hasn't created life on any other planets. And so they are the Intergalactic Network of Children's Ministry, also known as the Children's Pastors Conference. What you may not know is that there is now multiple conferences coming to you from the folks at INCM. There is the CPC, the four-day you're used to. That one's taking place in Tennessee this year next year, I should say. And they've got a new two-day on the West Coast. If getting away for that long is hard, they've got a new tween ministry conference called The Bridge. They've got a CM Leaders that's been going for a couple years, but now they even have an online version. In fact, if you're listening to this while it's just come out, it's coming up quickly. This coming November 11th is their CM Leaders online, and you can get a link to that right in the show notes. Or if you want, just go to cmleaders.com and you will find all the information that you need, and we'd love for you to benefit from one of these opportunities. You know, CPC reminds me of the cantina scene in Star Wars. You know, that classic scene with all the strange animals and creatures, a representation of the galaxy. Well, that's exactly what the Children's Pastors Conference is. There is no other place around any conference, any event that gives you that kind of exposure to children's ministry. Now, there are lots of great conferences out there. It is amazing. I remember when CPC was the only one. Now, we've just got a a plethora of opportunities all over the country, and that's fantastic. But still, none of them offer the breadth of exposure to ministries, publishers, performers, speakers that the Children's Pastors Conference does because unlike many of the others, like I said, that are great, that are put on by publishers, all the publishers are at CPC. It's truly the only trade show conference of its size anywhere in in the country. And so that's why I have been to literally every single CPC, every location since 1995. I'm I'm approaching quickly my 50th CPC. Now I don't expect everyone to be as crazy as me. I'm there speaking, exhibiting and 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 networking, but it's definitely one if you've never been This is the year you need to go, and if it's been a couple years and you want to rotate through conferences, you'll want to be back so some great things are happening. But let's get back to Star Wars. As you probably have heard, the Force is awakening. That's right, J.J. Abrams is helping us 
get back into the Star Wars galaxy and excitement is high. I want to talk about the impact of Star Wars on me, but I'll, more importantly than that, I want to relate it to why, what, what, what can we learn from the phenomenon of Star Wars for our children's ministry. It was back in 1977 that I went to my very first movie. And my very first movie was Star Wars. In fact, I remember coming home from school and my dad saying, hey, everybody get in the car, we're gonna go see Star Wars. And we were not a movie-going family. My dad was in Denver Seminary, he was a pastor. We were a pretty conservative Christian family. And we, you know, we weren't anti-movie, but we just didn't do movies. And I remember saying to my dad, Dad, that's a movie. He's like, yeah, I know. My buddies in seminary told me to chill out and take my family. Well, as you can imagine, that opening scene of A New Hope with that Star Destroyer just seemingly forever to be passing over the screen, then the laser blasts going, and the spaceships and the stormtroopers, and then when Darth Vader entered that ship and got the princess and the robots, I was hooked for life. And there's, there's some powerful lesson in that. In kids' ministry, we are giving kids their first impression of God and of His Word and what it means to live for Him and to follow Him. And if we make that exciting and we make that engaging and we make that incredible and memorable, it can have an impact on kids for the rest of their life. I'm hooked on Star Wars. I have a Star Wars museum in my basement. I have my lightsaber right here and um, costumes and all kinds of stuff. And, and I think about the impact as a child that Star Wars had on me. And then I think, wow, what if I can do the same thing for kids, but in something far more important than an imaginary movie, because we have the real force. We have God. We have his spirit. We have the great message of salvation. And so we have this opportunity to instill in kids a passion and an excitement and an interest in something that they will not outgrow. In fact, I'm kind of rare. A lot of uh, folks in my generation, when the prequels came out, especially people who didn't live through Star Wars um, as a kid like I did, they're very critical of the prequels. And, um, you know, I see all the faults, I see all the criticisms, and don't necessarily even disagree with any of them. But for me, I'm not one of those critical people because I was just so glad to go back and to see things that are new, and to hear the music, and to see the ships, and to see the force on display, that, that I was, I'm like a kid with my popcorn and my Coke, able to totally overlook those things that everyone is so um, critical of. In fact, I often say, you know what, it's because we're in our 30s and 40s, and we're trying to relive, and we expect the movies to recreate in us what they did as a kid, and they can't, because we're, we're grown-ups now. In fact, if you took the prequels, and you and you introduce them, you know, to us as kids, we probably would have loved them. I mean, Jar Jar is annoying, but... You know, look at Chewbacca. I mean, kind of how dumb is Chewbacca, all right? But we loved it, right? In fact, the biggest, you know, complaint is Jar Jar. Is very, very bad. And there's folks who, um, I say, you know what? The grown-ups don't like Jar Jar, but find me a kid that doesn't like Jar Jar. He's embarrassing. Yeah, exactly. The kids love him. And so Lucas, I think, you know, was catering to the kids like he did decades ago. Excuse me. 
But now we've got a new opportunity, and so we're getting excited again, and we're optimistic that there won't be, you know, the same disappointment or um, experience, you know, that maybe we have with the prequels. I I'm just glad to have another movie. You know, I got a message on Twitter the other day. Hey, how do you gauge your excitement? I'm like, I'm excited. It's Star Wars. You know, what's what's there not um, to like about it? But what a lot of people don't realize, and where there's a powerful lesson to us in children's ministry, is that Star Wars, despite all of its success, its billions in sales and tickets, um, sales and you know the merchandise and everything, it was never a sure thing. In fact, you might not know that putting together that first movie was an absolute disaster. I mean, uh, George Lucas struggled with depression. He was frustrated. Um, it was not looking like it was going to go well. And even the cast thought this movie was going to bomb. They thought it was like a kid's movie. Alec Guinness thought it was um, childish. Um, there was all this negativity. In fact, one of the reasons Lucas is so rich is the studio didn't want to pay him his $500,000 director fee. And he said, hey, well, just give me $150,000 and the rights to the merchandise. Well, we know that was the either the worst or the best deal in Hollywood history, depending on whether you're George Lucas or whether you're, whether you're the producers of the studios. I mean, things were going wrong. They're trying to film in the desert and it's raining in a place that 80% of the time is hot malfunctioning of things. Uh, it was just a disaster. And yet, George Lucas persevered. He didn't give up. He even had to postpone the release from December 1976 all the way to May of the following year. But he never gave up. He never threw in the towel. And imagine all, so many of our lives have been affected if he had given up on that first movie, which became a phenomenon. In fact, one of the at one of his low points where he was discouraged, he went to visit his good friend Steven Spielberg, who was on the set of Close Encounters. And he said, oh man, this movie is going to be the best movie ever made. It's going to do so much better than Star Wars. And so they actually made a little bet. George thought he was going to maybe lose money on this. And so he made a deal with, with Spielberg that to this day is making millions of dollars to Spielberg. He basically said, hey, I'll trade you two and a half points of my profit on Star Wars for two and a half points of your profit on Close Encounters. And Spielberg agreed to it whether he had foresight or whether he was just trying to help out a friend. And Close Encounters did great. I mean, it brought in over $300 million. Um, and so Lucas made some money. But then Star Wars quickly, $500 million globally. And, of course, it's continued to expand. And Spielberg is still getting checks from a movie that he had absolutely nothing to do with making. Well, what can we learn about this? All right? I don't want to take time giving you all kinds of trivia. You can read that on Facebook and Twitter and, and, and online. But what I love about Star Wars is that George Lucas decided to go big. He decided to do something different. He decided to try something new. He was the first one that said, I'm not putting all the actors' names at the beginning of the movie. I want to get into the story. I'm going to put the names at the end of the movie. He got kicked out of the Hollywood Directors Guild for doing that, but he stuck to his conviction and he did something different. He actually brought back cinematic music by hiring John Williams. They were using pop uh, music in, in most of the movies back then. He said, no, it was an affordable option. They said, I'm going to go with classical music. And of course, now we know um, that soundtracks and incredible 
um, cinematic, cinematic music is, is just amazing in, in all the best films today. So he decided to try something new and he tried to go big. Have you done that in your kids' ministry? What have you done to say, you know, we're just going to go big. We're, we're going to try something new. You, you might even face resistance from the, the leadership above you and, and from parents, and you, but you, you push on. You say, we're going to do this because we want to reach kids. Have you taken risks? George took incredible risk, even in, in his deal with, with his own compensation. Um, Harrison Ford made $10,000 on the first movie. I mean, he took a risk, um, and, and, and yet the risk paid off. And so we have to ask ourselves, have we taken risks? You know, this, this month for Halloween, um, you guys might know if you're Kidology followers that I wrote a curriculum called Spooky Lessons of the Bible. That was a risky thing to do because a lot of Christians don't like Halloween. I mean, I don't like Halloween. Um, but I decided to capitalize on the culture and the kids' interest and actually turn it to teach about the resurrection and Jesus rising from the dead. And last Sunday, we did Spooky Sunday at church. And it was risky. I, I thought, I'm a new children's pastor. You know, am I going to get fired over this? Um, not everybody was wild about it, but it ended up being a great success. And everyone loved it. Once they saw what I was doing and the purpose of it and how much the kids loved it and how much the gospel was made incredibly clear, at the end of the day, they said, wow, this, this was great, even though you know there were some people a little nervous about it. I don't even know that I'll do that every year. But we've got to be willing to take risks and try new things and, and go big. Don't, if you've got a big God, go big on the things you try. But then you've got to persevere. And that's what I love that George Lucas did. He persevered, he stuck with it, and and then he released it. And was it everything that he wanted it to be? No. He was disappointed that it didn't it didn't fulfill his vision. That's why he went back and tampered with it later when he was rich and came out with the special editions. And a lot of people don't like that he did that, but I, I get it. He was like, now I have the, the means to make this the way I, I really want it to be. And so and so he did that. But now with the new trailer, um, we've got some insight into um, what the new one's going to be like, and um, and everyone's kind of asking different questions, like is the bad guy Luke, you know, because he had his hand on R two, um, you know, and and what's the the plot going to be? But the plot looks like it's going back to very much what was magical about the first one. I mean, it starts out with this question, you know, that asks, "Who are you?" And the answer of that young gal who's going to be the the star, it looks like. Um, is I'm a nobody. You know, we all feel like nobodies. Kids feel like nobodies. Luke Skywalker was on the, the planet, the furthest from the center of the galaxy. Right? He was a nobody, although it turned out he actually wasn't. He was actually um, the son of the, the, the leader of the galaxy. And we're actually um, the children of God. We're not a nobody. And then the, the TIE fighter um, guy um, who looks like, you know, he's maybe turning from being a stormtrooper or clone warrior or whatever, um, not clone, obviously, but to, um, to joining the Rebel Alliance. And he says, I was raised to do only one thing, but I had nothing to fight for. You know, what are you raised to do? What are the things that the world raises kids to, to pursue and that it's wrong? And they, they want deep down inside something to believe in, something to fight for, something to be passionate about. And, and the truth of the gospel and of God's word and of the Christian life, it offers all of that. We, and we have an enemy. You see the enemy in the trailer. We have an enemy in our spiritual warfare. We need to prepare kids for that. And I love the part where they, they go to the old Han Solo and they say, you know, we've heard stories. You know, we've got stories. 
old stories, a parting of a sea, a giant pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. We've got walls falling in from an army just walking around the city. We, we Ultimately, we have a man rising from the dead and being seen by hundreds, thousands, before he ascended back up into the heaven. And just as Han Solo answered them, they're true. All of them. Our stories are true. And how do we impart to the kids in our ministry that these are not just stories? Kids hear stories all week long. They read books. They watch episodes of TV and on their iPads and Netflix. But these stories are true. And there is a dark side, just as the trailer says. But there's also, we have Jesus. And he says the dark side and the Jedi. Well, we got Jesus. We, we've got the, the disciples, all right? And he is real. And I love the last line, just let it in. All right, we, we need to so excite kids that they want to let God into their life. So that's that's my short challenge for you this week. Now, if you've got a great Star Wars story or antidote or fond memory, please do post it in the show notes. I've got a bunch of Star Wars stuff, like an like, in, insane amount of Star Wars stuff. I wasn't a dad for 15 years, and all my discretionary income you know, went to buying Star Wars toys. And I, I want to give some away. So for a great story, a great antidote, or even better, an application to ministry, um, I am going to let a few of our commenters know they won, and I'm going to be shipping them uh, a valuable Star Wars toy, all right? So tap into your inner George Lucas. And ask yourself, ask God, ask the Holy Spirit, what can I do? How can I go big? How can I try something new? Give me a great idea. I want to take risks for you. I want to persevere so the kids can be as excited about God and the Word and following Him as they are about Star Wars and all the other things that capture their imagination. Well, this is the end of my special edition podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for those who have emailed and tweeted me and said, hey, where's the podcast? I have been loving my new children's pastor job here in Colorado, and so I've been focused on that, and I'll be doing some podcasts talking about some of the things I've been learning and some of the things that we're doing. And as always, you can shape the show by sending me an email, carl at kidmentalk.com, or you can tweet me at kidmentalk or just Kidologist, my main account, and I would love to address any of the needs or concerns that you have. Until then, I should say, may the force be with you, but instead, I'm going to say, may the Lord be with you, and may he give you the ideas and the energy and the perseverance that you need to do amazing things for him for the sake of the kids that he has entrusted you with. God bless you. I'll see you on Kidology.org. Whoops! Miss a back. How rude. Ah, oh, moi moi.